whistleblower report exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report, and this is the international team presenting the vaccine update report on November 20th, 2023. And tragically and very sadly, the COVID deaths and damage just keep skyrocketing. It is not getting better. In fact, we are seeing more deaths, more cancers, more heart attacks and strokes in the vaccinated population in 2023 than we did in 2021 and 2022. So the damage is rising It does have many factors that contribute to it, which we'll be talking about today. And the fact that people are still getting boosters and they're getting the COVID shots at the same time, they're getting flu shots, in spite of the fact that we and many others have reported on the fact that taking the flu shot and the COVID shot together increase the risk of stroke that wasn't typically a side effect of the flu shots. Granted, I never thought the flu shots worked very well to prevent flu, and I never thought they were necessary. But taking the flu shot with the COVID shot, and some pharmacies are even putting them in the same syringe, which is ridiculous and medically unsound. But that's what's happening in this massive push to get shots in every arm. And then we have an updated report in the Epoch Times from immunologist Jessica Rose in Israel, who is summarizing the cancer risk from the DNA contamination in vaccines, which we have also reported on here on the Whistleblower Report. And her latest report, November 9th, 2023, quote, 100% of the vials that have been tested in five different laboratories around the world now have discovered some level of DNA contamination, end quote. And that is a risk for cancer, among other risks. It's also incorporated into the genome, which then means that we see potential transgenerational effects as Dr. Jancy Lindsay and many others on our team have reported earlier. In addition, we had a new report from Dr. William Mackis, the oncologist in Canada, who has been reporting for 
as a tireless warrior on the turbo cancer front. He's the one who coined that term. And he is reporting the rise in cancer deaths in 2023. This is worse than the last two years since the COVID shot. And then his latest Substack, and I encourage all of you listening, go to Makis, M-A-K-I-S-M-D, at substack.com and read his reports. They are extraordinary compilations of data that our public health policy experts and our government regulatory bodies should be reporting and are failing to do so. And his recent Substack, which just was heartbreaking to read, is a summary of 86 sudden deaths worldwide in women ages 30 to 39 over the summer of 2023 that represent a small sample of what is happening in all of the highly COVID-19 vaccinated countries. And these young women were dying of things that young women simply never died of before, except in extremely rare circumstances. Young, healthy women generally have a very low death rate. And they were dying of cancer, cardiac arrest, strokes, seizures, pulmonary emboli, intractable infections, and many healthy, fit young women in this age group were dying out walking. This is staggering damage and leaving these families, tragically, most of whom had young children, without their mothers for a lifetime. The tragedy of the COVID shots and the crimes against humanity simply are rising and continuing And in all of our programs, we urge you, stop getting the boosters, the damage bills over time. And with me today is Dr. Mike Eden, former vice president of Pfizer Pharmaceutical Company and a warrior whistleblower who has been sounding the alarm on the COVID shots since he and Dr. Wolfgang Vodard from Germany sounded the alarm in October 2020, and he has been tirelessly working on this front. He has a career in rational, safe drug design in respiratory pharmacology. He understands how it should be done, and he understands that the COVID shots, and he's reported on it, that the COVID shots were toxic by design at every step of the process designed to do harm. Dr. Eden is with us again today with other updates, particularly about some things that have taken place in Germany that are quite alarming. And then Roger Meacock, UK veterinarian and also a specialist in human medicine and natural healing is with us to talk about his concerns, which he has been warning about in the push of the mRNA shots into the veterinary market, which has 
broad ranging risk for all of us. So stay tuned. We have lots to talk about today. Dr. Eden, you were going to bring us up to date with the situation in Germany, where you recently testified, gave uh, public testimony on your concerns before a group convened in Germany. Tell us what's been happening there and what your concern is about what the German politicians were we're doing. Sure. Yeah. Thank you very much again. Good to be uh, uh, with you, Dr. Lee, and speaking to the hopefully the many, many listeners around the world. Uh, so, yes, just last week, a minority party in Germany that often gets very bad press uh, is called AFD or Alternative for Germany, uh, for Deutschland. Uh, they have uh, you know, a significant number of MPs, I think it's 81, something like that, maybe nine representatives in the European Parliament. So they do have significant democratic support, particularly in former East Germany. Now, just like the Brexit Party in the UK, the mainstream media uh, will always say bad things about these minority parties. So in Germany, they'll say the AFD are Nazis or ultra right wing, whatever. It's just complete nonsense. They're just like you and me, and they're concerned about what's happening to their community and concerned about what's happening with globalization. So that kind of touches on both of those countries. So they have become big enough that they have a voice in the German parliament. And in particular, they are in power, I believe, in some of the territories of the former East Germany, in particular Brandenburg, where they have subsidiary uh, government. And last weekend, they held a a two-day symposium, really, and they took evidence mainly from European speakers. And I was honoured to be invited, as it turned out, to to close out the two days. And those of you who have heard me before, uh, you know, will have heard my creed occur that um, without any doubt in my mind, this entire quotes pandemic is was a long rehearsed scheme to frighten people to damage the economy ahead of some transition to a global currency. And in particular, um, very close to my my heart because of my 30 plus years in drug discovery to get people to roll their sleeves up and receive an injection of a material that I am absolutely clear in my mind were uh, they are intentionally harmful. And so I I gave 20 minute speech um, to to the parliamentary group and uh, I hope that there were 300 people I could see, and uh, I hope they go and communicate that. <clears throat> so what else there was happening? It's the, it's not just older people like me, I'm 63, that they're after. They started with older people under the pretense that, well, we're more vulnerable. And so come and take our beautiful elixir, these genetic gene-based uh, injections. You will notice in your country, as in mine, Britain at the time, they quickly ran down uh, past the 80, 70, 60-year-olds, 50-year-olds. And then I thought, they're going for my kids. They were in their 20s and 30s. Sure enough, a few weeks later, if you're 30 and then if you're 20, come and get your jabs. And I thought, it's not going to stop. And they ran all the way down to, I think, six-year-olds. And what I particularly remember was in the second, was in the summer, I think, of maybe it was 2022. They didn't get to them immediately. But this is what, we, we got a report on this, what was happening at the time from a very good journalist in, in Germany. And he has relentlessly unpicked the goings on. 
and it's very clear, this is important that you hear me, it was very clear at that time in Germany, it was the politicians that were front-running the, the campaign to get your children age six and up to be jabbed. I've told you these things are intentionally harmful. Even if you believe the narrative about what was going on, you know that children were never at risk from this thing, which I think was a made-up thing. Anyway, so they did not need to receive any kind of intervention whatsoever. We know that nobody was harmed in Sweden, for example, if they were young, not a single child, not a single child. They didn't close the, 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 the junior schools. They didn't even close them and no kid went to hospital and nobody died. That's evidence, is it not, that anyone pretending otherwise was lying to you. So when I tell you the German politicians were front running the advice of their sort of vaccine advisory group, so they had not issued any recommendation that should, small children should be jabbed. Politicians were sending leaflets to schools. Um, you know, what were they doing? You know, these people aren't competent to do this. They don't have scientific knowledge. And I know what, I can infer what was going on, ladies and gentlemen, because the same thing happened in my country, in Britain. We saw politicians leaning on the people who were meant to advise the government as to what to do. Now, I don't think the people advising the government were doing a, a very good job, but at that point, they balked. They did not want to recommend kids to be jabbed, but the politicians told us that they needed it. And later there was an exchange of uh, emails that showed that I think the Minister of Health had lent on the Chief Medical Officer. And although it was absolutely clear, the evidence said he should not recommend it, he came out with some weak and watery statement that was interpreted by the politicians that it was a green for go. And so they did, they visited the schools and pe parents, who protested outside saying, don't do this, your kids are not at risk. But some of them were arrested by the police for inter you know, interfering with the business of medical protection or whatever. So the same thing happened at the same time in Germany and UK, where politicians front ran the advice of medical people. And that, and that advice was that your children, small children to be jabbed, and many were. And I think a fair number would have died. They would have been murdered by their politicians. And, and what I think happened was, since it happened at the same time and in the same way, it's those those people that I don't know who they are, but you can infer their presence. I call it the supranational uh, organisation. You, your government and my government are not running our countries and haven't been for some time, uh, but they are clearly answering to a group above our heads. Um, and I think that's what happened. And uh, it's it's an absolute scandal, even if things were... When, even if this was ordinary and it was like a regular medical procedure that, you know, in due course might have reached your children and they'd front run it. But given we know that this is a global crime, it's even worse. The, these these people really, they need to be arraigned on charges and I think we would easily find them guilty. Anyway, I'll take a break because I can talk for hours, Dr. Lee, but that was, that was what was going on in Germany and uh, in Brandenburg and then stepping back, stepping through the the rush for our children, which is it's one of the reasons we're all here, right? You know, it's to protect our kids and grandchildren. No, you're exactly right. And I think we've seen political interference with the physician-patient relationship mm. in the United States. Actually, going back to 1965, when Lyndon Baines Johnson pushed through the Medicare, Medicaid Act in 1965, promising there would be no government interference 
And that shortly was violated. And over the years, we've seen Medicare intruding more and more into the physician-patient relationship, directing what would be covered, what would not be covered, what the, quote, standard of care, end Mm. quote, would be, with politicians and bureaucrats deciding medical decisions. And, And then we've seen that throughout the COVID era as well with political directions by bureaucrats and politicians and policy experts, none of whom treat patients. And Roger, I know you have worked with veterinarians in the UK and the US warning about the political push to vaccinate everything under the sun with the COVID mRNA experimental vaccines and pushing that into the veterinary market and into the agricultural market. So what are your thoughts about all of this? Hi, Dr. Lee. Thanks for having me on on the show again. Um, Yeah, I'm sort of very concerned about the the whole mRNA platform, really. I think it's uh, highly dangerous. dangerous. Um, So, yeah, it's I'm getting some feedback here. so yeah, it's I I don't quite understand what they're trying to achieve really because obviously if the mRNA platform goes into, um, into into our food animals, then you know there are risks we know from prion uh, formation. We know that uh, mRNA is prion prionergic. We know that um, viral pro- proteins can be prionergic themselves, and they'll be chosen at random, which is what's happened with the Sequibity vaccine in the USA already. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's a very concerning situation where we're not quite sure what's going to happen, and we're starting to see some emergence of of diseases, perhaps that we haven't seen. Um, we've got had a blue tongue case in the UK. There's there's talk of uh, of TB on the increase in Ireland I've seen as well, and you just wonder at what point um, some sort of outbreak will be similarly used within the veterinary situation to to engineer and and mandate um, vaccines into our food animals, um, and obviously then without sufficient testing to see what happens not only to them but the implications for for that going into our food chain you know we're we're really back to experimenting on the population again um and of course those of us who eat meat whether we've had um a covid jab or not you know nobody wants to get prions into into your food chain because um as we talked about last week you know with the um with, with the blood transfusion situation um pre-covid in fact where amyloid was potentially being passed from a donor to a recipient before either of them were showing any signs of any symptoms but then both went on to to get strokes so you know we know there is no such thing as a safe level of prion in the body so the idea that we could be risking this coming into us via the food is uh you know is is just beggars belief that the stupidity that's uh that's involved although you know obviously i know Mike's very much into into the idea that this is going to be done deliberately, but you know we've got to leave some sort of food left on the table, um, otherwise they're going to be annihilating themselves as well. Well, you're you're quite right, and one of the things that 
you brought out when we discussed this earlier, that people don't don't think about this. And that is the fact that we already know in humans that the spike protein and the lipid nanoparticles are shed through multiple routes in the body, in, in the feces, in, through the skin pores, uh, respiratory droplets. I mean, that paper was published in 2017, well ahead of the COVID outbreak and the COVID shots, describing the many ways that lipid nanoparticles, and of course the spike protein is equally tiny, can be shed through through the human body. And this skin pores was a big one. And we we published that on our website in 2021. So when you think about injecting all of the animals, domestic pets and our food animals, poultry and beef and lamb and pork, one of the things that people aren't taking into account is that animals defecate on the ground and then their manure gets incorporated. Some of the manure is used as fertilizer. So the, their manure gets incorporated into the soil. So any, anything that they are shedding from these experimental mRNA technology that's dangerous to begin with, anything the animals are shedding gets into the soil, which gets into the microbiome in the soil, which then gets into the plants. So it's actually contaminating the plants we eat as well as the meat sources we eat. And people aren't thinking about that. No, absolutely. You know, you know the other thing that I know we've mentioned recently as well is the whole plasmid DNA inclusion, because obviously that helps the reversal of, of any um, mRNA into the genome of whatever, you know, those, those, those sheddings are going into as well. So, you know, it's, um, we, we just really don't know the extent to which this is, exp- you know, being spread in, in the environment, you know, certainly in terms of research laboratories, you know, only the highest level of, of biosecurity uh, laboratories are allowed to handle some of these, um, you know, the, these particles and, and do work. And yet it's coming out into the population and just being spread willy nilly into the bacteria, into, you know, into the soil, into into the into, potentially into the animals more. And then from there, we just don't know where it's going to go. Um, I, I think the stupidity of 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 thinking that because it's biological material that therefore the body can deal with it instead of realizing because it's biological it has much greater propensity to cause much greater harm and much more widespread damage um you know that the thinking is just turned all on its head from what it should be well and i i think that dr eden and i probably um have a little more Um, pessimistic view. I don't think it's just stupidity at all. I think this has been by design. Dr. Eden, I know you have strong thoughts on that point. Yes. um, I'm afraid, Roger, there is no doubt in my mind that the, because the evidence uh, is is so deep once you start looking into it, that 
this this assault, which is what it is, on humanity has been many, many years in the planning. Uh, the, the the pandemic simulations for which there's evidence going back to the late 90s, tabletop simulations every couple of years or, or even more often, uh, even though I don't think pandemics occur, that the only one, the only serious one prior to this is the 1918, quote, Spanish flu. And I don't think... I don't think what actually happened is anything like what we're told. I think it, I think there's a lot of stuff put into the literature in the intervening decades, uh, and such information as we can glean is that uh, there were sickly people, mostly young men, who coming back from being gassed on the Western Front, uh, were killed either by overdoses of aspirin or bacterial pneumonia in an era prior to antibiotics. So I don't, I don't think viral respiratory pandemics that are severe are even possible immunologically. And given that as a background, why were they why have they spent 25 years preparing for it? And the answer is they intended to frighten people to death and then use what they'd learned through the simulations to impose totalitarian control. Um, and I'm afraid that's what they're doing. And unfortunately it isn't just control. They they are intent on murder because I've spent over 30 years in the pharmaceutical industry in the field of so-called rational drug design on the principle that everything in a medicine that isn't a natural product is there because someone chose it to be there. And when I look at the choices that have been made, I can find at least five obviously uh, very seriously toxic elements within it. Um, and no one in my position, vice president, senior vice president, overseeing these projects would not know that. It's not possible. And then all four companies did the same thing, I'm afraid. When if someone says it's a conspiracy theorist theory, I say there is a conspiracy. There's nothing theoretical about it, right? It's I'm absolutely certain about it. It's, it's just once you start once you start seeing it, you can't unsee it. It's that bad. So yes, anyway, I'm, not, I'm not looking for no, agreement. You're a, I'm just saying that's my perspective. You're exactly right. There's a lot of data to support your point of view and your. 30 years experience in the field when you know how these decisions should be made and they were not made towards safety. They were made specifically to increase the toxicity or yes. harm just, at these various steps. Absolutely. And just a, a couple of things. It did occur to me when I finally decided to go nuclear and say what I've just said, and I then went on to name three out of four former colleagues, because uh, I know three out of the four people who, who, who are running or, or did run the Discovery Project, so I named them. And I thought, I'm, I'm sufficiently confident that I'm right, that if I'm wrong, you ought to sue me. And I said so on the recording, and at the very least, injunct me. No such thing has happened, Roger. I've named former colleagues at various companies, and I'm saying to the camera, I accuse you of... Uh, of, of overseeing a project that's led to mass murder. You either know it and you're guilty or you don't, you're incompetent. So, and, and if I'm wrong, you should sue me. And no, none of them have sued me or written to me. Uh, and it's just not, it's, and then do they not know I'm there? Yes, of course they do. I'm one of the most sensitive people on the planet because my testimony is kryptonite. People believe me because I'm telling the truth and they think it, they find it plausible because I can explain clearly, based on my experience, why these things are dangerous. So what they've decided to do is to censor and exclude me. They don't even smear me anymore because that would draw attention. But I, I'm not allowed to be on the Internet except in 
the corner of social media called Telegram. If I appear anywhere else in my name, like if I write a comment in Facebook or, or YouTube, for example, it is deleted in real time as I write it. It's that bad. In 3 a.m., it's deleted. So that means people are watching my IP address from France and UK and America. Why would they do that? They do that because what I've said is true. If it's a real medical emergency and they've made some vaccines that weren't very good, they wouldn't be interested in me. Or they would say, look, come on side and tell us what you know. But no, it's, it is what I've said. And uh, it's, I won't stop. They'll have to literally come and get me. Because yeah, I, I'm not I, say to people, I say to people, if you feel frightened, if you speak, in fact, I am addressing to you, the audience, if you feel anxious about speaking out, let me tell you what will happen if you don't speak out. We will lose our freedoms. They're coming for us. It's digital, totalitarian control. And then once they've got that, and it's simple. Mandatory digital ID will be required. And then we will lose cash and we'll only have digital money that the central bank will control. They've already rehearsed it. It's called Fed Now. It will be out in months. And if we only have those two elements, digital ID to move around, to get in and out of places, prove who you are, and only government control digital money and no cash. If they tell you there's a pandemic and you need to roll up your sleeve and get a jab, and if I'm right, and I am, that you'll be injected by a poisonous mRNA-based product, what do you think is going to happen to the global population over the next few years? That's what these, these people, I believe these people are, they are inspired by, by the devil. They're not living in God's truth. So I think I you're right. And let's talk about, let's pick up and talk further about this in the second half, because okay. I think there's a lot that all of us have seen that support exactly that point of view. And every step of the way, we are seeing the vice of control tightening. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report. We'll be right back after the break. Check out our website at www.truthforhealth.org. And if you've gotten the shot, you need our vaccine injury treatment guide to guide you on your roadmap to recovery with an organized evaluation, testing that you need, as well as prescription medicines and nutraceuticals, vitamins and supplements that can help you improve the health of your body and your resilience. And as all of us have said all along, stop getting the boosters, resist. We will be right back after the break. Check out the new Truth For Health store at truthforhealthstore.com. We have exclusive professional formulas with exciting new products, including True Mitochondrial Boost that can help improve your energy, memory, focus, and concentration. All of our products are manufactured in certified compliant facility using good manufacturing practices approved and inspected by the FDA. Check us out, www.truthforhealthstore.com. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America 
U.S. physician in preventive and climacteric medicine and treating COVID patients and vaccine-injured patients, along with my usual medical work. And we have UK veterinarian, veterinary surgeon, Roger Meacock, who also has an interest in natural healing solutions for humans as well as animals. And Dr. Mike Eden, former Pfizer vice president and chief scientist for respiratory pharmacology and chief whistleblower for the whistleblower report. He has been sounding the alarm since the fall of 2020 on these COVID shots and the COVID uh, fake pandemic that's been used to control everyone. I want to come back to two, two points. Number one, the point about using everything that is happening to control us. But, but also, I, I want Roger to bring out some of the points about electromagnetic radiation and how that ties in to what Dr. Eden was saying in the first half about the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918 that probably was not the flu. It was other complications and the fact that this all rolled out in an area, began in an area in the United States that was an area of ramped up telegraph wires and new electromagnetic radiation exposure. And a lot of our military aged men, this is when we were having preparations and training underway and they were sent overseas and spread some of the damage that was happening here in the U.S. So, Roger, what thoughts do you have about all of that that Mike Eden was talking about in the first half? Yeah, sure. I mean, the as Mike was saying, the whole digital um, aspect is very important in the control. And, you know, I agree with everything that Mike was saying in terms of how, how much this has been planned. My, my point really that I was making was before was, was, you know, how stupid they are on top of their planning, not to realize that what they're doing is contaminating the environment in such considerable ways beyond what they're trying to do to the human population and potentially the animal population as well. But certainly when it comes to the electromagnetic radiation, you know, it's something that has been ramping up probably the last 30 years, really. Uh, and now that it's all gone digital, which makes the signals almost nigh on impossible for the body to accommodate to. Um, and so we can't resist the changes that they bring. Um, and what we do know about the electromagnetic fields is that they cause a background uh, cascade of inflammation in the body which then suppresses the immune system disrupts melatonin disrupts our sleep which is obviously when we do a lot of our healing and you know all this helps to contribute on top of any infection that we've been getting and also the cytokine storms um, and then the inflammation that's that's happening from from the spike protein and, and the jabs as well so the EMFs are absolutely a part of, um, of of the harm of 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 the symptoms that people are are experiencing, and and as Mike has, has said, you know they need digital identity 
in order to bring in the central um, bank digital currencies, which they can then use social scoring means to um, to control us. And we know certainly within um, the European Union, they are really pushing forward with digital identities and the digital wallets and the central bank digital currency and have ignored a lot of the um, security experts who've been warning against going down this road straight away. And I know I think there's been a number of countries where where bank payments, um, card payments have, have suddenly dropped dropped out and people haven't been able to pay for anything. And, you know, we, we've had a glimpse of what it'd be like if everything, all finance was done on central bank digital currencies and, and they get rid of cash, which I think is another of of, of the stated aims of the um, Bank of International Settlements and the, the European Central Bank and, and others as well. So, you know, this all does tie in um you know, the symptoms and the illness. And I think, you know, I think Mike would probably agree, you know, if if, if they can keep the population sick, then it makes us all the more um, likely to to kowtow and, and people will be so busy looking after loved ones who are ill or injured and, and not feeling well that uh, they know that, or they're banking on the fact that resistance will be depressed by 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 everything that they're, they're trying to introduce for us. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think um, very important, uh, you know, I'm not a health uh, advisor. I know Dr. Lee's talked about this, but for those of you, whether you've been jabbed or not, but especially if you haven't been, uh, it's just a stressful time. And the more you learn, it's um, scary. But uh, spend plenty of time outside with people you love, eat well, you know, respect your body's need for sleep and so on, uh, because this is going to take all of our, combined resilience and as dr lee always says you know um stand up stand up against the tyranny um if enough of us say no we're not going to do what you've just demanded of us we don't care what you do uh we're not going to do it and mean it then they will either pull back or they will have to become more aggressive at which point i think it will become obvious what's going on and um, so that's my that's my objective i'm not going to I'm not going to accede to their demands. Well, and I, I would agree with you. I think the key at every step where people have resisted tyranny and and have stood for liberty and their ability to live their lives without interference from the government, then ultimately the people are successful we may go through rough times to get there. I mean, look at World War One, World War Two, and look at what's been happening worldwide just under the, the COVID situation. But finally, people are waking up. People are resisting. And, and I think they are calling out this whole hoax about climate change, which is another means of control. Yeah, absolutely. I can't agree more on the whole climate thing. It's really a means of transferring wealth from from you know the masses who 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 end up with more taxes and higher prices for everything, and and that money gets transferred to to the wealthy who you know can put up the wind farms and get the grants to do it and and all the rest of it. Plus the control you know in terms of the bogus carbon footprint 
idea you know there's already um mastercard i think have got a voluntary credit card where you know your spending is limited on the perceived carbon footprint of what you're buying but you know that's only going to be brought in you know it's temporary it's maybe voluntary now but but at what point will that become mandatory they've already talked about you know putting carbon um credits on you know everything we eat or where we fly to all the rest of it and so you know the whole carbon um footprint and and co2 debacle really is just another means of adding layers and excuse justification to um you know to, to the control and it was the club of rome in 1992 that decided on climate change as um you know a, a campaign that would unite the public behind it um and and in a way that they would accept limitations on their freedoms that, that they wouldn't otherwise accept so absolutely you know the climate change is is all part and parcel of it and you know it's great that people are waking up and and but you know you need to be active as well you know there's a great saying which is you go to sleep in a democracy and you wake up in a dictatorship so you know we can't just sit by and and do nothing and um you know we've, we've got to get out there and not comply and be active in helping spread the work as uh you know the word as mike and dr lee have been doing as well yeah no i agree entirely i think the uh climate change and pandemics have been the they chose those topics as things that uh the, the plotters in the 60s or early 70s reckoned that nations could not cope with on their own and would therefore need to you know, have international agreements about. Now, in my view, both of them are complete fraud. Um, <laughs> but um, just in climate change, very briefly, I'm not an expert in it, but I'm a reasonable scientist. I can read the literature and I've been doing so for the last couple of years. And in brief, what you're being told is that when we set fire to fossil fuels, coal, oil, gas, we increase the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere, which you kind of do, but then they say, CO2 is a greenhouse gas, and therefore, the more we burn, the more we're going to boil the world. That's where it's wrong. It is true that the temperature of the world has gone up and down over geological time. It's also true that CO2 has varied substantially over time. And here's the killer. If you look at polar ice cores that go back tens or hundreds of thousands of years, you find evidence that the temperatures have risen and fallen and that CO2 has gone up and down. But here's the thing. It's the temperature change that occurs first. And then hundreds of years later, trailing in its wake, CO2 moves in the same direction. And I know why that is. It's because when something else, which is sun and orbital variations, causes the world to be slightly warmer, CO2 that's dissolved in the oceans comes out of solution. If you've got a stagnant pond or a, a fish tank and you forget to bubble air through it, it, all the fish die. And when it's warm, the air comes out, oxygen, CO2. And so when the world warms up a few hundred years later, CO2 rises. That's why it's rising at the moment. We had a medieval warm period a several hundred years ago, and we'd have seen the slow, inconsequential rise in CO2. It's nothing to do with us burning fossil fuels. The evidence for that is that you will remember in 2020, there was a lockdown. There was a very substantial reduction in economic activity around the world. Don't you think there should have been quite a notable change 
and at least the rate of increase of CO2. If we were the cause of it, there was none. If you look at the more Mauna Loa uh, um, uh, CO2 traces, it, it, it was moving before the pandemic, through the pandemic and after the pandemic as if nothing had happened. And that's because our contribution to CO2 is so small, you can't see it. So it's all Well, noise. and the thing too, Dr. Yin, which yeah. all of these idiots, idiots who are... Who are... Oh, you seem to have lost Toxily. All of the idiots who are pushing climate change caused by human activity are ignoring the basic fundamental principle of life that carbon dioxide exhaled by humans and animals is necessary for plants to use in photosynthesis to make oxygen for humans and animals to breathe. It is the life cycle. And without if with all of this absolute nonsense about trying to control carbon dioxide and Bill Gates and his a diabolical malevolent idea that you should cut down millions of acres of trees to reduce carbon dioxide is absolutely ludicrous and it's dangerous to life. So, but that turns out to be their goal for the last hundred years, depopulate the planet as you just talked about and as we've talked about often. So the problem is that people have got to understand that carbon dioxide is necessary for plant life on the planet, and plant life is necessary for the rest of life. This is God's design. And these agents of Lucifer that are trying to interfere with God's design risk destroying life on the planet. So that's my rant for today. Would you like to comment, Dr. Meekock, since you've worked with animals and plants a lot of your life? Yeah, of course. I mean, the you know the the whole methane thing and the farting cows is just ridiculous as well. You know, that whole methane carbon is is a ten year cycle, and if the plant if the if the cows aren't eating the grass, um, you know what what are the farmers not they're not going to not grow the grass. So the grass, if it's not being eaten, will then end up having to be cut and composted, which will then release the gases anyway. So the idea that cows are contributing. To, to global warming and therefore we've got to stop farming and you know obviously because they want us to move to frankenmeat you know it, it is absolutely just bogus science absolutely everything that, that that you and mike have been saying and actually if you look at the sort of global greening it's been going up over recent years because slightly higher um carbon dioxide means that plants are able to to grow in desert areas where they weren't previously able to before so um and, and there's also other natural phenomena which aren't really being taken into consideration in all the modeling because let's not forget that the whole climate hoax is based on modeling and we know how accurate that isn't um so 
you know you the they don't really take any consideration of the sunspots and the sun flares. They don't take any consideration of the fact that our magnetic north is actually moving faster now from where it was than, than it has done for, for a long time, which is going to change the electromagnetic field of the Earth, which is going to then impact the deflection of the solar radiation that comes in, which is also going to create some warming and everything as well. So you know, everything that uh, the climate um, modelers are trying to do is to set it up to, to get the answer that they want to do to, to justify the narrative for control, even to the point where they're measuring their um, their temperatures in cities. And of course, as cities become um, sort of more uh, more technological uh, and and more things like uh, air conditioning come in then then of course you're going to get more heat building up in cities so it's going to look like the temperature's rising but actually if you made those temperature uh, measurements outside of the city we wouldn't be seeing the rise that they're claiming about anyway so you know everything is, and how it's being set up is all being set to to, to keep keep the fraud um, and as Mike says, you know, it's all about depopulation and uh, and control. You know, the, the idea that we can, that, you know, we only need a, a billion people on the planet. Um, you know, it, there, there are vast areas of of continents where they're not being as cultivated uh, as they could be. And I would say that um, you know, the, the the big fallacy of humanity has been our inability to organize the distribution of food properly but i think again that's partly because the developed world is trying to keep the undeveloped world from developing which is again why they're trying to stop countries who are trying to develop as we did from using fossil fuels and all you're going to do is going to increase poverty and, and increase death as a result um you know i think i think it's it's just an evil agenda quite frankly well, I think you're right. And actually, that's a good point that you made that I don't think many people realize is that the developed world and the elites controlling it, the Club of Rome and the um, Klaus Schwab and WEF and WHO and Bill Gates and all of those with this diabolical agenda of depopulation and control are inhibiting development of the less well-developed countries of the world. And in fact, Bill Gates is on record as, as being sued in India for attempting to cause sterility of young Indian women with his vaccination program. And he pulled some of the same stunts with trying to sterilize African young women with his vaccine program earlier. So I think you're exactly right. And I think people are being manipulated clearly by the censorship and by the false narrative and have been for quite some time. Let's listen to four minutes from Laura Abuli, who was speaking at a recent conference about just these subjects that we've been discussing today. And she really nailed it in these four minutes. So I want to share her clip with all of you to think about the enormity of what we're up against and the importance of resisting 
and then we will close today's show. The final goal is to eradicate humanity as we know it. Once you understand the final destination, it becomes much easier to look back and identify the psychological conditioning, the biological tampering, the cultural grooming and the educational prepping that we have been subjected to for decades in preparation to making us accept a post-human future. It takes a lot of physical and psychological abuse to get an intelligent species like ours to agree to its own extinction. Most, if not all, that has transcended in the last 60 years was designed to get us closer to accepting such a dystopian reality. Whether you care to accept it or not, we live in a hyper-controlled matrix where our perception of reality is meticulously planned, managed, and executed in order to control and steer us in whichever direction they wish. And the direction is a post-human world. For this, they first needed to destabilize, dehumanize, and demoralize humanity through every means possible. The destruction of the nuclear family, children being indoctrinated by the state, abortion, the eradication of God and spirituality from education, life in mega cities and away from nature, toxic food, air and water, social media, replacing real human connection and interaction, engineered financial crisis and taxation, Endless wars and massive migration, stress, anxiety, depression, drugs and alcohol, constant fear-mongering, moral relativism as the new religion. And I could go on and on about how humanity has been influenced and forced to move away from all the things that give us strength, security, purpose and meaning. A weak, immoral, disconnected, ignorant and unhealthy population is an easy target for the next stage, the creation of an entire generation of androgynous beings. Masculinity is under attack psychologically, culturally and biologically. Women are being replaced in sports, entertainment and politics by men pretending to be women. And children are being indoctrinated at school to think that gender is a choice. The transgender movement is not a grassroots movement. It comes from the top. It has nothing to do with people's freedom of expression, sexuality, or civil rights. It's an evil psyop to, with a clear agenda to get us closer to transhumanism by making us question the most fundamental notion of human identity, our gender. If you don't know who you are, if you already identify as a hybrid between a man and a woman, you will be easily convinced to become a hybrid between human and machine. Gender ideology is the 2 plus 2 equals 5 from George Orwell's 1984 dystopian novel. It's the final test to see whether we will follow the most absurd party line towards our own extinction. But 2 plus 2 equals 4. And no matter how you choose to dress, call yourself, or change your physique, will not change that. 
The sad reality, though, is that in the gaslighting process to get us closer to a post-human future, they have mentally and physically harmed an increasing number of children and young people, and it's only getting worse. This must be stopped. That was powerful, and I hope all of you will pay attention to the warnings from Laura Abouli, from Roger Meacock, warning about the danger to our veterinary market, our domestic pets, our food sources, and of course, Dr. Yeadon, who has been warning about the dangers of the mRNA technology since 2020. And my concern for the medical consequences, people who get the boosters have increasing risk of death and damage and disability. By the time you have had your fifth shot, your risk of death is 50% higher than the baseline average risk that we face. It is critical that you listen to our warnings and stop the shots, all of them. Do not comply. Resist, resist, resist. Even the Bible tells us, in Jesus' name, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. It is time for you to speak against evil and resist tyranny. We'll be back again with another Whistleblower Report. Thank you for joining us today.